Hey friends, welcome back to the Road Tripping Podcast. My name is Tyler Atwell, and I've been driving my car all around the United States for the past three to four months or so, and I'm working my way back home to Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I actually just crossed the border into Ohio today, and uh, still have a few hours of driving to do, but I'm, I'm getting there. Wow. That's what sparked the Road Tripping Podcast. So, uh, one thing that's been on my mind a lot recently, and really for the past seven years, and even longer is the concept of death and what death is what it means what that what those moments are like transitioning into death the traumas that come with death and throughout my life I uh, I feel like I've I've had a close relationship with death from my uh, in my early childhood, you know, a lot of my grandma's sisters and brothers passed away in my early childhood. My grandpa passed away in 2002. Uh, throughout my teenage years, a lot of my friends started passing away. Uh, my teenage years into my early 20s, lots of friends, lots of close friends passing away. In 2014, my brother passed away. In 2016, my mom passed away. And then in 2018, my stepdad, who was like a father to me, passed away and that rapid secession of now it's 2021 so it's been a few years but still that rapid secession of of deaths especially coming from my closest like support system like the, the my core group of people on this earth it um it taught me a lot of things and it, it, it gave me a lot of lessons and um and feedback and really I'm still learning. There's still so much to, that I'm learning and, and processing and figuring out about what happened and what ha- what's happening and what's going to happen. Just like everybody else. Uh, but I just wanted to share some thoughts on, on death. Um, and, and really, when I talk about death, when you talk about anything, you're talking about what, what you're talking about and you're also talking about the opposite of what you're talking about, right? So... When I talk about death, I'm also talking about life. Death is, there is no death without life. And you can't talk about death without including life. So, I realized some things over the past few years. And I'm just going to use a couple stories as examples. And and in a previous episode, I said I was going to map out uh, future episodes and plan them. Uh, here, spoiler alert, I did not map out this episode. I mapped out the, the, the last episode I recorded, but this episode, I'm kind of riffing, but it's been on my heart, and I'm getting close to getting home, and I just feel like I really want to do this before I get home, because arriving home is symbolic for me, and being able to talk about death on my way back home is super symbolic for me as well, so bear with me as I riff here, but I promise you I've got, I've got something to say. Uh, so... Whenever my my brother passed away in 2014, like I said, and that hit me hard in my core. And I was living in Chicago at the time. It was, he literally passed away within a month of one of my best friends passing away. Uh, one of my best friends in Chicago passing away, and then about like within a month, my brother passed away. And my brother was in Cleveland, Ohio. I was in Chicago. Uh, all my family's from Cleveland, Ohio. I was pretty much like I was in Chicago with my with my one of my best friends in this world, Nick. 
and uh, Nick was grieving the loss of our of our friend as well, and we were both grieving our losses in different ways. And so, being in Chicago and being away from family, losing my like losing my brother and realizing that losing somebody leaves a lingering physical feel, like a lingering physical ailment on the body, and it's inevitable, and it has to be honored. I I I thought I didn't need to honor it really. Uh, I thought that I could just keep going on with life as normal, and I ended up developing um, a really chronic and severe uh, pains in my stomach, uh, horrible to the point where like I'm just curled up, curled up in the ball on the floor, just wincing in pain, and it was so bad that uh, I ended up calling my stepmom in the middle of the night one night. And asking and saying that uh, I needed to come home, and asking if I like, can I come home right now? And can I just come back home and be there? And she's like, Yeah, come on, let's go. So I uh, got on a plane. I got on a plane like literally that night, or like the next day or something. And I flew back to Ohio, back to Cleveland. And one, the other thing that like coming back home to Cleveland, what it what it taught me is that. We really need a support system around us. Uh, life and death. When you're experiencing death, you need a support system around you. But in life as well, no matter what the situation is we're going through, every situation we go through has a, has an impact on our body, right? So it's not just death. Death isn't the only thing that causes chronic stomach pains. Any combination of thing in life can. We have to be aware that any stressors that happen in our life they cause an effect on our body, and that effect compounded over time, it, uh, it's something that could build up into, into a real issue. And, and a lot of times when big issues pop up, they don't just pop up out of nowhere. They pop up because the compounding effect of stress over time and the impact that, that stress has on the body creates an issue and that becomes a lot bigger, right? So honoring that, honoring that by, by, by mitigating the risk, right? looking at I know I have a lot of stressors in my life I know my body is stressed therefore stressed therefore I need to do something to fill my tank and to reduce stress and to bring more joy and energy into my body and also I need to take care of my health right so being aware of like I have a lot of stressors therefore I need to counteract those stressors with positive healthy things in my life and just having that awareness to proactively go out and do it because it doesn't just doesn't just happen on accident you know and especially if you're going through something as traumatic as a death that it doesn't just happen on accident it has to be scheduled planned and stuck to like a drill sergeant's routine in the marine corps or else you have to go run 50 miles barefoot in the freezing cold snow because that in in that reg in in, in that in that self self-care it has to include rest a ton of rest lots and lots of rest laying around you do not have to do anything that's where the support system comes in if you don't have a support system around you you've got to create one before it becomes an issue don't 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 uh uh what's the word i can't think of the word but um <laughs> don't Cut yourself off from the world and make yourself a loner 
and, and, and push away the people that are close to you and that are there to support you. Don't keep pushing them away because eventually they're gonna stop coming. Because they're gonna to wanna to respect you and your decisions. Because it's your choice and you keep doing it, right? But you don't wanna do that because when the time comes when shit hits the fan and you're in a rock and a really, you're between a rock and a really fucking hard place, that support system is everything. Because your regimen, your uh, proactive filling of your tank needs to include a lot of rest and it needs to include, it needs to exclude a lot of shit that needs to get done. It's not happening, I'm sorry. This whole thing about like stay busy to keep your mind off of it is bullshit. That is the worst fucking thing anybody can do. Stay busy to keep your mind off of it. That's the worst thing you need to do that you can do because it prolongs the issue. It bottles it up inside and it fucking makes it sit inside of you like a carbonated bottle of soda. And every once in a while, your top's gonna get spun a little bit and you're gonna fucking explode. Can't do that. Excuse my French, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm fired up about this, but what needs to happen is, and listen, life and death, remember, life and death, I'm gonna keep saying this. Whether you're losing somebody to death or you're having a stressor in life, you have to measure the you have to measure the the um, measure the uh, like the impact of that stressor. Assume that it's more impactful than you think, because we tend to like want to be like, oh, I can handle it and then beat our chest a little bit. But like, assume that it's even harder than you think, and then you have to uh, proactively show up, right? You have to proactively show up for yourself, take care of yourself. I lost my train of thought for a second there. Sorry driving and lots of distractions while I'm driving. That's the only downside to the road tripping podcast is it's a little hard to like keep my mind straight whenever a car is like cutting me off and things like that. Um, I guess this is where the preparation comes in handy, you know, outlining and preparing would help if I wasn't just like arriving at a hotel room at one o'clock in the morning and then leaving at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, I, that's an excuse. I'm not going to make excuses, but so it's, it's, you don't want to, you don't want to like extradite yourself from your community. You want to be, remain tight with your community because your community comes in most handy when shit hits the fan. And when shit hits the fan, you have to be willing and you have to be willing to lean in and allow them to support you and love you and receive because that's a gift for them as well. Receive their love because that's what they want to do. Because when somebody, when somebody you love is hurting really bad and you don't know what to do, don't you just don't you just want to know what you can do to make them feel better and you would do it in a second you wouldn't even think twice about it and you would feel so proud of it and it would be a gift for you as well as them. It's the same thing. So that was one thing I learned after my brother died is I needed to proactively schedule in self-care into my regimen and that included a lot of rest and it included a lot of allowing my loved ones to take care of me. And I did, and they did, and it helped a lot. It got me through it. Now, a year later, my mom was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer, which eventually turned up to stage four breast cancer. Uh, that's a long story. I'm going to talk about that. She was given three. She was. She said when she was first diagnosed, she said they said that the doctor said <laughs> she would be lucky to live three to four months, maybe maybe three to four months and it wouldn't be comfortable 
my mom lived an entire year after that in the best health of her life and that's an entire amazing story and she died with zero active cancer cells in her body that's a completely different story I'll tell you about that later but from the death there's a few things I want to um, talk about um, I need water give me one second let me just take a little sippy poo just enjoy the background ambiance while I sip self-care too and it needs to be proactively scheduled and intentionally put into your body <laughs> um so after my mom died when when my mom died the months leading up to my mom's death there was a lot of um conflict within my family and it wasn't like looking back now like it didn't even need to be conflict but at the time it felt like it right and um and that's the lesson right there. I, I just kind of spilled the beans right there. But um, it felt like there was a lot of conflict. And after my mom died, I felt like I had uh, um, a split with my family. Like I couldn't, I didn't want to talk to certain people. And I didn't want to like be around anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. Uh, I was mad. I was angry. I was pointing fingers. And so I just ran. I ran from everybody. And that's kind of the symbolic part of this podcast episode is because literally two weeks after my mom died my car was packed up with all my stuff and I was driving out of Ohio to Austin Texas to go move into an apartment that I'd never seen before and um, and I kind of just ran away from Ohio after my mom died and now here I am coming back to Ohio all these years later uh, recording a podcast episode talking about my lessons from her death I have goosebumps, honestly. Like, this is weird. I just knew that, like, I know I'm not prepared for this episode, but I just knew that I have to talk about this now. Like, this is the right time to do it. Because, yeah, I mean, I have takeaways. And I'm probably going to talk about this again at some point, too, because I'm still learning every moment. And that's the thing, is it's always an iter- iterative process. But anyways, back to my point. I, uh, I, I felt conflict with my family, so I kind of ran away from Ohio. And I left my support system that was there for me when my brother died and supported me and I kind of threw away my lesson from my brother and I I moved to Austin by myself and started over basically and and my self-care was on point I took my self-care was definitely on point because I learned a lot from my mom's battle with cancer we did it naturally so self-care was there but at the support system not so much I I was lucky because uh my good friend Ryan me up with an amazing opportunity out there and and basically just gave me a shot at life at that point where I could have just easily fallen apart so I'm always eternally grateful to Ryan and super thankful for the time that I spent out there with with him Uh, but I moved into my own apartment and I basically started over sleeping on the I, I was literally sleeping on the hardwood floor like no bed nothing with it like I think it was two weeks after I moved into that apartment and literally my roommates can verify all of this because I had roommates at the time uh, about two weeks after I moved in that's when I first got the air got an air mattress and then I had an air mattress for about like three months or so until I finally got a regular mattress and I kind of like worked my way from the bottom I had no money when I moved out there I was broke I thought I was moving out there to do a free internship like an unpaid internship uh, but I had to turn out to be a paid job which was amazing for me <laughs> um, 
one second. I just need, I need to get my GPS open really quick. There we go. But I, I allowed, and one thing that I, the point of all of this is what I'm saying is that I've noticed with my own experiences and with other and seeing other people's experiences that whenever there's a death there's a lot of times conflict within the family people either it's either pointing fingers at each other or not feeling comfortable being around each other because they remind each other of who they lost or um, just wanting to be alone and disappear or something along those lines but there's there tends to be some sort of conflict whenever people pass away and what we need to realize is that when somebody passes away we are in a massively heightened emotional state a fly landing on our arm can feel like an omen that we're about to die meaning we can over exaggerate anything and make it something that it's not and that's what I see happen over and over again it's what I did over and over again after my brother passed away I blamed my mom and my stepdad. I wouldn't talk to them. For like, it was like a solid, I mean, it was like a solid six to eight months. I mean, I would speak, I, I spoke to them. Like we had a relationship, but it was very different for, for a few months. And basically up until my mom was diagnosed with cancer, uh, I, we, I had a very different relationship with them because I thought that whatever I, I was pointing fingers because I thought I saw something that wasn't even real that I that wasn't even true from a distance in Chicago like me like I'm drawing conclusions from Chicago to Cleveland without even being there to, to, to be in it so but that's what happens is you get into an emotion heightened emotional state and you see something and you believe it to be true and you stick to your guns and you're and it usually feels like an attack on the person and it's not intended to be an attack because you feel like you're defending yourself but to the other person it feels like an attack on you and they're in a heightened emotional state and a lot of times man like those relationships never get fixed because the ego gets in the way and it can never come to a halt or it's or it's you wait until it's too late like me whenever it took me until my mom was diagnosed with stage three cancer to realize that i fucking love the death out of her and i would just Spent, I wish I could spend every single day with her if I could and talk to her every single day if I could. Um, it, you don't want to wait until that point, right? So death can cause conflict, but a lot of times it's because you're staring through a microscope trying to, to, to justify why you feel so emotionally like enraged or, or stimulated. And the truth of it is, is probably because we're not creating space to honor our feelings. We're doing what I was saying before, where we're bottling shit up and our top gets knocked off and we explode all over the place. The reason why is because a lot of the times, because of this fucking mentality of, you gotta stay busy to keep yourself distracted. Like, wanna keep your mind busy? Gotta find a way to keep your mind busy. Like, no, don't keep your mind busy. Sit down and feel like fucking shit. You're supposed to feel like shit. If you don't, something's broken <laughs> feel it feel it if you don't feel it then keep fucking digging until you feel it and you're not allowed to get up off the couch until you do you're not allowed to interact with people in the world until you feel something and embrace it and when you feel it heighten it and by height like what I mean is 
When you feel it, try to make the feeling even stronger. If you feel like shit, see if you can make it feel like double shit. That's what you have to do. You've got to stretch and expand yourself. Stretch and expand your nervous system to be able to take and hold this kind of thing because life is never going to be the same again. And that's okay. It's a blessing. It evolves. <laughs> I'm not yelling. I'm passionate. Uh, it's okay. It's okay that life will that life changes. It changes in every moment. We don't recognize it. We only recognize it whenever something hits close to home. But it's always changing, and that's okay. You don't lose your loved ones. Your relationship with them changes, and it's a beautiful relationship. I'll get to that in a few. So, I moved to Austin, um, and I cut everybody off besides my work team and my stepdad. My stepdad became my hero, my best friend, the only person I talked to from back home. Uh, my work team became the people I looked up to and and went to went to battle with every day. And then my roommate, my roommate kept like my roommate was like one of my like my one of my best friends and holding me, like being there with me to go to the gym every day, holding me accountable. We were helping each other. We were bulk buying groceries and cooking food to like stay healthy. So I did create a new support system. It changed and it, but it it dumped off the parts of me that made me me, the parts of my family that were that shifted and shaped and shifted me and it always felt like I didn't have a home anymore until I reestablished relationships with people. It wasn't even like it wasn't like a mad at each other thing either. It was more like uh, just not talking like just not reaching out not reaching out not checking in like, rare, like occasionally when I come home and visit but like just not checking in right and it took it took like a, a year or so for me to like, or well, no, it took another tragedy for me to really lean back in, right? So my mom died. I I became like best friends with my stepdad, and he became like my hero. And in two years later, he ended up unexpectedly passing away as well. And the story with that is has a lesson to understand that's very important as well. When the night that he passed away, well, not the night that he passed away, but I was taking a flight from, I was flying from uh, Dallas, Texas to Dublin, Ireland, right? And I had a layover in Iceland. And um, I was driving, uh, the flight was from Dallas and I was driving from Austin. It's about a three hour drive from Austin to the Dallas airport. And I talked on the phone with my, my stepdad, Dave, for pretty much the entire drive. Dave and then my buddy Phil was riding with me. Phil was a freaking trooper that day, um, proving why he's a great friend. He really proved why he was a great friend that day because he just dealt with my shit because I was running late for my flight and we had to borrow his car to go to Dallas. So uh, shout out Phil. Thank you, Phil. Uh, but during that drive, uh, Dave Dave, and Dave was on the phone and Phil, and Phil and Dave and I, we were just talking the whole way, like for three hours. We talked the whole way, uh, got to the airport and... Um, Said, said, see you later. I'm gonna go jump on the plane. Uh, it's an eight hour flight, eight to, eight to ten hour flight. I can't remember. And I'll let you know when I land. 
and said, all right, love you, talk to you soon, peace, bye. Get off the phone, I get on the flight, take off from Dallas. By the time I landed in Reykjavik, Iceland, uh, or whatever, in Iceland, uh, my stepdad was in a coma that he would never wake up from. And no signs of it. Um, like that day, you know, we had a whole conversation. Everything was totally normal. Everything was totally good. And just like that, got on a flight, leaving from Dallas, landed in Iceland. By the time I landed, he was in a coma and he was never going to come out of that coma. Now, he passed away, he passed away like within a week or so of that. And, um, and what that what that taught me is that life life is not like there's no there's no guarantees in life. There is no there are no guarantees in life. Uh, we don't know what's gonna what's gonna come or what's gonna go on any given day. It's good to take note of those things because that I think that's where gratitude stems from and where reflection um, makes makes life feel a lot more valuable and powerful. Uh, taking note of the things that come and go on any given day. Because they're constantly coming and going. It's just some things we don't pay that much attention to and other things we pay a lot of attention to. Um, but if we pay attention every day to the things that come into our life and the things that are coming out of our life on a daily basis, whether it's feelings or physical things or thoughts or whatever, uh, accomplishments, whatever, um, it helps us become aware of the fact that they're always coming and going. And it helps us become aware of the fact that we're so grateful for the things that are currently with us right now. Alright, what's supposed to exit? There we go. Okay, we're good. Sorry everybody. Excuse me. I just uh, almost missed my exit, but I did not. We're good. Let me just make sure that I'm going in the right direction. We are going east, not west. Este, no, oeste. Okay. Um, I wish I had a co-host to tell me what I was just saying. <laughs> uh, there's no guarantees. Like, there are no guarantees. And it's good to look at what's coming into your life and what's coming out of your life so you can feel more grateful for the things that are currently in your life right now. And um, and that's where, like, that's that's where, like, when, once you're, once you're uh, consciously grateful for the things in your life like intentionally in a moment that's where a whole world of possibility opens up like a whole playful world of possibilities where it's like wow I'm so grateful for these things in my life what should I do with them what can I do with them right now like what would make me feel the most grateful or what would be the most beautiful expression of my gratitude with these things in life right now in this moment that is when life becomes fucking powerful when you are consciously grateful for things in a moment and then you can play the game of how do I want to, how do I want to, how do I best express this gratitude in this very moment? And then you take your actions from there. When you act out of gratitude, the universe shifts in your favor. And you feel so connected that you realize that death doesn't mean separation. You realize that the end is no end. There is no end. So play the game of life with gratitude, knowing that 
Anything can leave at any moment. And while you've got it, what should we do with it? What do you want to do with your mom while she's still here? You don't know when it could happen. What should we do today? How do we express that gratitude today? I don't want to wait. Don't wait. And I don't mean you have to go take an around the world trip with your mom today. I mean, what can you do with the resources and the bandwidth that you have today to express that gratitude intentionally? Today. Don't wait. I get so... I, I, I get angry with my friends sometimes whenever like we're hanging out and then like their mom calls and they're like, oh, my mom's calling. And then I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'll call her back later. I'm like, no, you better fucking pick up that phone right now and answer your mom's call or else I'm going to pick up that phone and then she's going to be my mom. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, um, no, you know, intentionally express that gratitude and, and give to the people that are around you. Now, there's circumstances where it's different. Like if you're giving your attention intentionally to somebody in a moment, like I don't mean you have to answer anybody's call anytime they, anytime they call, but in those situations with my friends, it was, it, I knew the context of the situation and I could say like, dude, pick up the damn phone and talk to your mom. It's fine. I'll wait 10 minutes. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, use work, act out of that gratitude and use, use that gratitude to, to, to express. Well, all right. I said that backwards. I'm sounding a little woo-woo. Um, I feel like I'm standing on a pedestal right now, speaking from my soapbox. I'm not really that kind of guy, but I feel I feel very passionate about this stuff because I've experienced it firsthand. I'm living through it, and the the thing that the thing that the one last thing I want to say on this is people deserve to have their roses before they die. It's such a shame that. Everybody comes out of the woodwork to show love and appreciation and gratitude for people after they can see it, you know, per se. And I, I, I try to take this into every interaction I have with people that I really want to fill other people's tanks as much as I can. And I want people to understand that they're loved and they're appreciated and that this world is a better place because they're here. I don't want to wait until they die in order to say that. I want to say it now while they can still hear it so they can feel it inside of their body and feel great about themselves knowing that they are absolutely appreciated and they're an important person in other people's lives. I think we need to give roses to people before they die to share our love and our appreciation for people while they're still here. And in order to fill other people's tanks, the way to do that, the only way to do that is if our tanks are full first. We can't we can't act from an empty tank. We can't show up as a hero in people's lives. We can't show up as the person that we dream to be or aspire to be if we have an empty tank. We have to fill our tank first so that it can overflow into other people's tanks. I feel so happy and grateful and so fortunate that I've had the experiences I've had in my life and I get to come at the world with a perspective that I have, such a unique perspective. And I feel like I have this opportunity to where 
I've healed from those traumas and I'm still healing in a lot of ways, but I've healed enough from those traumas to where my tank, my, my cup is full and it can overflow and I can look beyond myself. My, my self-care is kind of habitual now in a lot of ways, but I can look at, I can now go expand beyond myself and look at the people around me and say, how can I love and protect and fill their, fill them, fill their tanks to help fill their tanks. And uh, it always starts with filling our, filling our own tanks first. So the grand uh, lesson out of all of this is the best way to honor and uh, move on and continue to live after death or after after losing somebody you love or after some sort of trauma or major stressors in our life, the best way forward is to focus on filling our own tanks, taking care of ourselves so that we can then take that energy into the world and give it to those that we love and those that are around us. And that is my lesson from death. That's the way that I come into this world. That's the way I look at situations. That's the the opportunities that I look for, those are that's why I'm present in the moment and not on my phone. Um, that's why I don't work. I don't work like more than eight hours a day anymore. Uh, that's why I take weekends off. That's why I schedule massages and, and trips, and I say daily affirmations for myself. I I speak out loud gratitude for others. It's because I've had such a close experience with death that it only makes sense to do that. And um, it, I would love for the world to start taking this kind of stance, or at least adopting parts of this stance, or the parts that you feel like would serve you the most, uh, before you have to experience death. So that our people can get their roses before they pass away. So this is, that's the episode on death. Thank you for listening today. This is the Road Tripping Podcast. My name is Tyler Atwell. I am about a half hour away from my destination, almost where I grew up in Ohio, where I left about five years ago after my mom died, running away from all my issues, scared of death, scared to death, running from death, running from life to now sharing my lessons and my takeaways and my experiences with death and life as I bring my car back home from across the country from Mexico. What a beautiful story. I'm appreciative of this. I'm going to sit in silence for a little bit and soak it up. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great one. Bye. Road tripping, that's my life mission Caught up by the lights but still not working in your building Won't lie, I don't even have the time to answer any of your texts So if you're dying, ring my line, I'll reply Quicker than the sprinter in the winter for Olympics Put me in your quick mix or your Christmas wish list Small pine, but damn it, I'm a big fish Sick of all this hitch, someone's gotta fix this Pibbledy posh, is nonsense all that they talk Still missing all of they shots They said they ballin', they not Bellies all in they not Like a wad inside a pocket But money's non-existent Like a thought inside the noggin' <laughs>